Coffee Time Wednesdays with uh, the Prairie Farm Podcast. Can't hit us with the jingle. Welcome back to the Prairie Farm Podcast, Coffee Time Wednesday, the best part of your week, possibly the worst part of ours. Don't forget, we are sponsored by Hoxie Native Seeds. It's your favorite host, Nicholas Lirio, your favorite co-host, Ken Boucher, and unfortunately, once again, we are without our co-host to the co-host, Peyton Scandridge, who is on vacation. Yep. Peyton, a lot has happened since you've left. Uh, We replaced you. Um, really hopefully, hopefully he's not starting any forest fires out in Colorado right now. Ah, can you imagine if Peyton made the news for that? <laughs> oh my goodness! If he became a fugitive of the law, <laughs> because- we are looking for this man, and they use his like uh, his Facebook or Instagram oh, profile picture, dude. I I would be concerned after the forty five minutes I spent rolling on the ground laughing. <laughs> then I would be concerned. Okay. Kent, I'm going to go first today. We should warn our listeners, we are slap happy. We are slap. We've been working out in the sun all day. <laughs> We've gotten basically all of our planting done. We are trying to put away all of our leftover seed into nice cooled areas. Uh, and Which there's not much of. So if you're uh, looking to put in an order this fall for a uh, dormant seeding, get that er- that order in, you know soon yeah that's true but we, we we'll have some more by this fall we'll have a whole new heart we'll we'll have part of a harvest in yeah so the the weird thing about hawks and seeds, i'll just give you guys a little in here is we harvest from we've already har- had yeah, we've first. already harvested from last like june 15th all the way until o- end of october but that is only a tiny part of the story because then your favorite co-host kent slaves away all winter by cleaning that seed and some of it's very easy to clean some of it causes him to go home and be very grumpy he's a very grumpy guy when he gets <laughs> home <laughs> that's not true kent's a great husband and great dad but uh it uh, is not a fun time cleaning that you like it actually don't you oh yeah i love yeah, i love seed cleaning unless it's a uh, pale purple cone flower so if oh. you get a order with any pale purple cone flower my blood sweat and tears mostly tears are intermingled with that seed. Yeah, and very little of the seed to show for all of the blood. And so there's probably more pounds of blood, sweat, and tears than there are pale purple coneflower. Yes. <laughs> anyway, uh. pray for him. So I've got a thing. i got a thing. When we are at Pheasant Fest, you've heard that word a time or two here on the podcast, I talked to um, native something... Native Ecological, oh, Clay, I'm so sorry. Clay Frazier, a guest on our podcast, who had a great podcast episode, by the way. Um, the company that he co-founded, I was chatting with him, his co-founder, Dan, and some other random gentleman whose last name was Boucher, just like Kent's, except pronounced Boucher, um, classic. From- I just uh, talked to a guy, by the way, uh, the other day who, e- or not emailed, interviewed on his podcast, uh, somebody with the same last name as Mr. Boucher that you're talking about, and then myself, Boucher, and this guy's pronounced his last name Bushy. Bushy, and Dude, he was that man's from Arkansas. No, 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 no. He's from uh, he's from uh, the Arkansas of New England, Maine, I think. The Arkansas so, of New England. <laughs> it's just it's just a wild place up there. Oh my goodness, Bushy! Wow. Well, speaking of Bushy, we're going to talk about beavers. So this man, 
uh, this random gentleman with the last name Boucher, which sounds uh, Canadian or French, because he is probably from Canada, loves beavers. And you know where you find a lot of beavers? Up in Canada. Uh, because the um, boreal forest is heavily, heavily affected, possibly even helped created by beavers. Wait, boreal forest? I heard that term like 55 times in the most recent prehistoric prairie podcast series. Oh, guys, that one was real good. It is very quickly, or it is about to be probably today or tomorrow, going to be our most listened to podcast of all time. I got a bunch of texts, a couple emails, a bunch of Facebook messages about it. People love that episode. So if you haven't listened to it, Give it a listen. But I feel like if people are going to listen to our Coffee Time Wednesdays, they are loyal enough to listen to that. Yeah, that's good. That's a fair point. So if you two more episodes coming too, they are. Kent is on the works and they're coming quick. Anyway, so the Boreal Forest, uh, I I won't give the spoiler that you talk about in the podcast, but the Boreal Forest up in Canada, um, the what this has to do with beavers is that beavers live where forests and water intersect. Uh, whether it's lakes or rivers or even close to the ocean, but I think it's mostly lakes and rivers and, and ponds um, and wetlands. So they, uh, because this is where they like to live, they help create more of these wetland areas, which is the bane of many people's existence. So people were trapping beavers. They were getting rid of them. So the population was on decline for a couple hundred years. Well, plus they were just worth a lot of money yeah. when this when North America had Europeans moving in, that was like currency to start out. Until Lacey, right? No, there were <clears throat> Lacey was kind of a after the problems existed deal. So because of this run and all this new wildlife that this untapped quote unquote resource, at least that's how European settlers viewed it um they trapped out a lot of the beavers throughout much of especially the lower 48 now up into canada and alaska not near as bad too cold right it's just hard to make a go at living up there but you know here in the lower 48 yeah by the time Lacey was around i'd say most of the beavers were it was pretty hard to come across beaver hmm interesting well they are they are on the up and up again up That's in good. the boreal forest. Yep, yep. And and so since beavers like to live in these areas, they actually help create these areas, right? They're cutting down trees in strategic places, like brilliant places, places that um, some architectures are like, that couldn't have been five feet further north or south and been better. This was like the perfect spot for it, which is mind-blowing from an animal whose IQ is like a vegetable. Um, and, uh, you can tell cause they're always getting hit by cars. Okay. I thought it was the buck teeth. Oh no. Kind of like SpongeBob. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They look like SpongeBob. Um, and so they're creating all these, uh, these extra wet areas and they're cutting down trees. What does that have to do with helping create the boreal forest? Well, a lot of the species that, um, are in the boreal forest are need very, very specific ecosystem of very wet and cold and sun. So by cutting down these trees, wetting the ground, um, and not only wetting the ground like immediate, they're raising the water table because water moves through the area slower. Unlike, you know, here in Iowa, we've, we've made our rivers so that they, they swim through like a, like an arrow where it used to be, they were spread out. They moved, Mm -hmm. they trickled through slowly. Well, 
something that the beavers help do is help water trickle through an area slowly yeah. so a lot more of it gets absorbed. So these species, these uh, these flora that need more water, they get the more water. And these uh, flora that need more sun get more sun because these trees have been harvested. They've been cut down. And there's actually, um, since uh, European settlers basically came in and were like, yo, let's get these beavers right away, there's never been an in-depth study on a healthy beaver population. Mm, so they're doing it in the most, they're doing it right now, the most popular uh populous region in quebec uh they're studying these beavers and it's like university of montreal uh no university of quebec it's uh, some mass uh students getting their masters are doing it there and i just found that fascinating that i didn't realize beavers had such a big part of the boreal forest because when you think of forest you think of like all the trees but it's actually a lot of the undergrowth the beavers are helping with and the wet and cold so um, this article was saying that uh, beavers are actually helping fight climate change because they are helping uh, their the water moving through the moving through an area slower actually helps fight climate change. Didn't know that. Hmm. I wonder what wonder what their uh, link there is. It must I could see you know where you talked about how it fills in with more plants. Now you have more photosynthesizing organisms that are pulling carbon out of the air also i should quote this or i should source this the conversation.com um and it was originally published in french which did create a couple of awkward sentences that i did not understand <laughs> not because i, I read french say, partially but i thought because... you're gonna say which makes it way more credible <laughs> yeah. yeah obviously people who speak french are just better writing articles. it has a dot com url but it's in french so it cancels that out <laughs> Yeah, isn't .com in French, .org in English? <laughs> Something like that. All right, Ken, what you got? Well, sticking with our Canadian theme, um, I was talking with Nick, and uh, actually over the weekend, I was talking with uh, some of my family members, and they were asking my opinion on... Uh, I couldn't what, figure out why he was so grumpy. He was just so grumpy <laughs> over there. What is with you calling me grumpy today? I'm, I don't know. I'm like the opposite of grumpy <laughs> Yeah, today. I know. He's been smiling all day. <laughs> I'm slap happy today. Uh, but anyways, um, maybe we just need nestles. I, may, I need a nap. <laughs> what I need the hardest nap of my life. Go back to the episode with uh, uh, who did we explain nestles to? I don't know. Nick thought the you know candy company that's been around since like day two of the Earth's creation. Um, <laughs> That that Nestle was pronounced Nestle. Yeah, I, could, I was I was running that through my brain. Is it wait? Is it Nestle? Is it <laughs> Nestle? Nope, it's Nestle. Nestle. So now, and because Nestle has their own ice cream sandwich, I said, "Whoa, we should get a Nestle." And Kent laughed at me for six straight years. And then our local our local gas station has homemade ones. And homemade we call them Nestles. Yeah, I think they just call them ice cream sandwiches, which is way more syllables. All right, Ken, you're, Anyways, you're down, you're down so, to four minutes. All right, so our uh, the Canadian wildfires was something we talked about at my family over the weekend, and they're like, yeah, what do you think? You know, what, what's going on with all that? And I don't really have an opinion because, to be honest with you, I haven't, as much as I try to keep my ear to the ground on these issues and, and read articles on them, I really haven't looked into it much. I've, of course, you know, I've heard people talk about the haze that they've been seeing up in, you know, New England and northern and- part of our our country and the Iowa sunsets are more pink. 
we are absolutely seeing haze. And last week I had to drive our uh, our UNI, University of Northern Iowa seed order, up to Cedar Falls, which is basically an hour and a half pretty much Shout straight. out to the Tallgrass Prairie Center. Yes. Great if you haven't people. heard, we interviewed Laura Walter from there. We love her. She's yep. awesome. But that uh, that's about an hour and a half straight north of us. And uh, it was super uh, – foggy during you know the afternoon up there like not foggy like oh I better turn my headlights on but like you look out everywhere there's like a little valley there's just like smoke and haze sitting in that valley everywhere and mm. uh you could and uh, so you look at maybe if you look at the weather every day like i do uh, you've been noticing your air quality if you're in iowa has been considered to be very poor because of all the you know, particulate in the air from, from the fire. So definitely affecting a lot of North America right now. So I looked into it and, uh, even more specific to what Nick was talking about. It's largely in Quebec is where these fires are, are going on. I'm not sure they might you be. Think spe- they were beaver started fires. No, we'll talk about how they started in just a second though. But, uh, the, um, uh, other provinces, you know, surrounding it, maybe Ontario, um, What's what's up to the northeast? Is that Nova Scotia? Is that the next province next to Quebec? I think it is. Um, we could ask Ezra here. He's really good at trivia. But is, is Nova Scotia next to Quebec, or is it like New Brunswick or something? I think it's. I think it's. Uh, I think it's. Yeah, I think that's the furthest east. But Quebec is pretty far east. Yeah, too. isn't Quebec like there's that's, a, that's above uh, New England? Yeah, so that's yeah. like yeah. So okay. I think I think so, I, but. Nova Scotia is also in the ocean, so, or maybe it's connected. I'm not sure here. We we don't know our Canadian don't, don't geography very good. Geography. But anyways, mostly in Quebec is where these fires are going on, and um, uh, like Nick talked about, these boreal trees they're they're evergreen species, and the sap in evergreens um, is like uh, an accelerant. For uh, it's like turpentine, oh, basically. Oh, just um, alcohol. It's just like there's, basically there's, alcohol. no. There's a term for it. I cannot. I can't believe I. I can't think of this term. Um, that is in uh, pine sap that makes it super flammable. Um, but uh, anyways, these trees they're catching fire and it's almost impossible to fight. So I read a couple articles on it. I read one that was really interesting. It was from the perspective of uh, some French. Uh, firefighters that came over to help um, the United States has been sending some firefighters up uh, into Canada to try and help uh, fight uh, the spread of the wildfire, the the forest fires and um, hearing some of their first hand accounts. It's just very overwhelming to them. Like the, it's as if, you know, you're doing nothing and we can get just a small taste of that when we do our yearly prairie burns here. Like, like Nick's talked about many times, and there's a video on our YouTube channel showing this, when our cantaloupe switchgrass went up back in 22, spring of 22, uh, there was no, like, putting that out. You know what I mean? Like, you're not going to – you couldn't have enough water to stop that. You could have a lake's worth of water, and that fire is just like, nope, this chemical reaction is stopping yeah. till I'm done with fuel. You know what I mean? It's like – and so – uh, that's the that's the situation they're running into. I think Ezra's looking up my chemical compound that's in sap. Were you looking it up, Ezra? I haven't found it. You haven't found it yet. Okay, um, but 
so as far as the way this started and how much is burned, um, it's believed to be now around, and I'll quote, I'll cite my uh, article here in a second as well, but um, it's believed to be about 10 million acres uh, that is burned, I believe, so far. Wow, that's like way bigger than Yellowstone's fire. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I meant to look up the I size think Yellowstone's of Yellowstone. was like 1.6 million Man, we really acres. need a fact checker today. Where's Peyton? Peyton, get off yeah, the Yeah, Peyton, where are you? Um, but uh, the, the, that gives you an idea just how big this fire is, 10 million acres. And um, the way it started is by lightning, uh, they believe. So they had like a, a chart that showed uh, 1.4 million. I was close in Yellowstone in 1988. That's how many acres burned. Mm-hmm. So wow, yep. way bigger than Yellowstone. Yeah, yeah. So like like six times. Yeah, That's and that was such big news that we studied that when I was in grade school. The Great yeah. Yellowstone fire. And no, Nick, it wasn't because I was so. Old. You were there. You no. were around 1988. It was, before I was born. It was, in it was a year school. before I was born. He saw the live news report. <laughs> no, but um, no. You know, just a huge fire believed to be started by lightning. Um, the way they they feel so confident about that is because they have you know weather data showing like uh, it records where light where electrical static electrical activity is very high, showing that you know there's a lot of lightning going on in that area, and um, where they know this fire started it matches up with where all that lightning. Are there tons of deaths? With this fire so far? I have not read much about deaths. Um, like a death toll? Hmm. Yep. But, but uh, yeah, so it's believed on June 1st is when these fires started. About 200 uh, fires, separate little fires started. What's interesting about this is I heard once uh, someone describing uh, how when a tree gets struck by lightning, you know, a lot of times you think, well, now we have fire, you know, like it's burnt. It's a, it's a, a blaze. It's a bonfire, but sometimes that tree will just smolder and it'll yeah. get down into the roots. You know, if it's a dead tree and it'll just kind of smolder, even underground, it can smolder for weeks. And then all of a sudden the wind picks up, you yeah. know, and then it starts scattering some ashes. If it's been dry for a few weeks, now you have the perfect condition. So it's not like just, oh, good, we had a big lightning storm last night and we didn't end up with a forest fire this morning. Yeah. Like it, that forest fire could show up yeah. weeks And when, when fires are that hot, I remember them telling us this in California, it's not like it's not like we're used to with prairie fire where the fire sweeps through. It's like 100 meters away from the fire, things are so hot, they will literally just combust into yeah. flame. Yep. So you're not, you're not like out running a fire sweeping through. It's literally fires like combusting in right. a flame around, around the edges of it. Yeah, that's a good point. The, the, um, is it resin? That might be what it is. Resin might be that chemical compound. That's in, uh, the stuff so, that hardens on yeah. your countertop. Uh, people yeah. make, they like get like countertop forms and then they pour resin in it and it hardens like a clear plastic. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know if it's the same thing or not, but, but anyways, um, what was I going to say? So all these all these separate fires are going, and oh, what you were talking about, Nick? Yeah, great point. So all that heat, 
Um, that's what I think a lot of people forget. That's really what fire is. It's just energy, right? A lot of times we think, oh, fire is something that I could put in a box and put it on the shelf, you know, like this like very yeah. like tangible thing. It's just, it's just visible, a, rea- a visible, just visible Yeah, visible chemical reaction, exothermic reaction. Yeah, it's like emotions. And, right. And so as long as you have enough energy there, things that are combustible will combust. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, another th- difference between a prairie fire and a forest fire is prairie fires happening you know on ground level where this can be jumping from like treetop to tree tra- yeah. treetop way above your head feet above in, in the air yeah, yeah yeah so i mean just so many complications with fighting these so i mean the people that are willing to do that they're truly laying their life on the line oh yeah and uh just heroes is what they are and you unfortunately we don't hear much about those people well, but in i don't know about there in california you they were treated like war veterans they were That's like, good. I mean, they, yeah, yeah. They got like discounts at restaurants, especially during the fires, because those guys, they literally as a firefighter, when it's quote unquote, your turn during a big forest fire, you go out there for like 48 hours. You maybe get an hour or two or sleep here or there yeah. laying on a truck, you know, and then you come back for a day yeah. and you go back out. So during, it's very physical work. I oh, imagine, yeah. The whole time I mean, you know, I, digging trenches. And, they train like Navy SEALs. Some yeah. They're insane. And especially the ones that get Smoke flown jumpers. in yeah. behind the fire. And they're like, Hardcore. hey, put it out or good luck. Yeah. You know, it's just crazy. And yep. uh, um, I remember I had a coworker. It was in college. And I was working at uh, Olive Garden. I had a coworker and very fond of her because she and I trained together. We were like trained for the same position at the same time. So we went, we learned all the crappy stuff there is about serving at the same time. And her fiance at the time, I think now husband was a firefighter. And it was like, he had like six months out of the year off or five months out of the year off, basically did nothing for those five months. And I remember thinking like, what in the world? But then fire season hit Mm. and it was like, he was just gone the whole, basically the whole time would maybe get a week off at a time, come back and then just go back out for months. Um, so a lot of respect to those people. They are some of the most hardcore men and women, uh, and, and, um, I don't know, integral or at least adrenaline chasing yeah. humans. Yeah. Yeah. Incredibly talented. Rosin. That's what it's called. Rosin, rosin. not resin, rosin. Like rosin weed. <clears throat> yeah. I don't wonder, I wonder what the association is there, but anyways, Ken, uh, we're over time, man. Yeah, I know. Keep the people in Canada and your thoughts. One lesson out of this. I always like to have a lesson to the teacher heart of me. Um, fire suppression is what leads to a lot of our wildfires. So yeah. the, um, again, we keep back, back tagging all these other episodes. If you go back to our pheasant fest episode where we interviewed, uh, Sierra Rhodes from quail forever in Arkansas, um, man, Arkansas is coming up a lot. Arkansas yeah. is just one of the most underrated States. It's an awesome place. But anyways, Clay uh, Newcomb loves that place. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a good podcast too. Um, uh, Sierra Rhodes talked about how fire suppression went on for so many years that it ended up destroying a lot of habitats and also set places up for wildfire problems. So, oh, yeah. so uh, that's, that, that's a part of this as well, you know, is when there's so much fuel left on the landscape, when things light, they're yeah. going to keep burning for a long time. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Hey, to, to the faithful humans that are listening to us, should we, or should we not get merch?